And Phil Vines, our book reviewer this morning, he's got a couple of favourites from the past year's reading for you. Good morning, Phil. Kira, how are you doing? Really good, thanks. Great. Really good. What's been uh, keeping you up reading by the candlelight at night? <laughs> candlelight, yeah, yeah. It's West Auckland. Often the power goes out. Uh, so um, the first one I'm looking at is called Penance by Eliza Clark. So Clark's now being talked about as one of the exciting new voices in British literature. She's ended up on Granter's list of the best young novelists. And that only comes out once a decade, so it's it's a quite a high accolade. And personally, I think it's pretty well deserved. Penance is his second novel. Um, it's eye-opening. It's, it's heavily layered and quite experimental. Um, I suppose it kind of falls into the category of metafiction. Um, and I reckon it's got real potential to gain the same sort of cult status in a similar way that Truman Capote's In True Blood did for him way back in 1966. Do you know that uh, book at all? Have you read it? What, uh, In Cold Blood? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, it's great. It's one of my favourites, actually. Interesting so, backstory to it, but that's for another day. Carry oh, on. I know. Yeah, no, there is. But we'll crack on. So um, Capote's novel, for those who don't know, was based on a quadruple murder of a Kansas family by two men. So at the time, it was seen as pretty shocking, and he used the facts, although it turned out not as many facts as first thought, And but it was written in the manner of a novel. So they're actual facts, but it was written like a novel. So critics called it the new journalism or a non-fiction novel. Um, so Clark's novel is also based on a murder, and it's been called untrue, true crime. So the opposite to Capote. So that is that the, the murder didn't actually take place, but it's written as if it did. So Clark has explained in interviews it's actually a synthesis of a couple of different murders. Obviously, much of the style and the form and the content of Penance are entirely different from In Cold Blood. It's 60 years later. But what I think they both share is this refusal to shy away from the extremities of human behaviour and it's an, a genuine attempt to climb into the minds of people who do bad things. And additionally, in Clark's case, those who glorify and venerate those baddies. So the untrue facts of penance revolve around the horrific torture and murder of a 16-year-old, Joan Wilson, by her contemporaries. Other girls, Dolly, Violet and Angelica, who've fallen out with her at school. She used to be friends with them. So the time and the place are also important. It's situated in an awful uh, fictional seaside town in England, just as Britain's preparing to vote for Brexit. And this awful murder story is buried in the political news cycles. It happens just as the nation is learning that they're about to leave Europe. So Clark chooses this male upper-middle-class journalist, Alex Corelli, as, as the vehicle for the narration. So he's going back and unearthing the case, giving it the, the whole 360-degree treatment, no stones unturned. And the chapters are pulled together like pieces of primary research material. They're interviews, summaries, online comments, extracts from other documents, messages, newspaper articles, all those kind of elements which feed the amateur detectives and sleuth groups who are addicted to true crime. And the wider framing delves into some very deep, dark places indeed. Um, each chapter seems to outdo the one previous, sending the reader down wells of, of human depravity that populate the landscapes of true crime message boards, Tumblr rants, Reddit threads. 
the beginning of the novel is is instantly challenging. It leaps straight into the transcript of a banal and and vicious, fictitious true crime podcast. I peed on your grave, um, which is so <laughs> darkly humorous, um, and it's it's read out by two male hosts who are kind of sort of spectating and commentating on this murder of a schoolgirl in such detached terms they may have been talking about a bullfight. So underlying this whole novel is this arm's-length critique of the narrator's genre, which Clark calls the true crime industrial complex, which is tailored, as she says, to our basest instincts. At the same time, something which Truman Capote probably would have appreciated, it will actually attract flocks of people who are inextricably drawn by those base instincts and will open the book just out of morbid curiosity. So that ethical conundrum makes this, I think, a must-read for the 20s. All right, so that's Penance by Eliza Clark, published by Harper, uh, $37 the price. The Fraud by Zadie Smith, you're a fan, I know, is by Penguin Press. Yeah, okay. So this is a second choice um, uh, for my best book of the year. It's, it's kind of three and a half out of five, I would say. And it's it's kind of... I, I've, some friends who love Zadie Smith have actually refused to read this book because they've heard it's nowhere near as good as White Teeth or On Beauty or Swing Time. But I think I would challenge that. And sure, it's vastly different from from her previous works, but I've been urging people to try it. And you will find, if it's the writing that you like, her writing does shine through. Um, So it's a historical fiction, which is a real departure. Um, And it it must have been something of an out-of-body experience um, for Smith. She said this Herculean writing task in terms of inhabiting her characters. So Smith is a woman of colour whose mother's Jamaican. And what she's doing, she's writing in the voices of multiple white British Victorian characters from the upper middle classes. These are contemporaries of Charles Dickens. He's actually a, a character in the book, actually, not a very nice one. And these toffs are chatting in conversational terms about the moral dilemma of bringing slavery to an end in polite but frighteningly demeaning racist terms. So Smith's managed to detach herself from this and allow this, this allows her to, to expose the hypocrisy and fraudulence of these liberal literary classes who are fussing over their reputations, who's done what the best in selling, who's got their story into a magazine, the reviews, the downsizing of their houses, while in the Caribbean, African slaves who provide the empire with its sugar-coated wealth are dying under the whip. The actual fraud that the, that the book is named after is a true life story. So it's about a cockney butcher who's washed up in Australia, he then returns to England and tries to claim he's someone else. He tries to say he's Sir Roger Tichborne, the inheritor of a great title and a fortune who was considered dead and lost after a shipwreck. The fact is, he looks nothing like Sir Roger. He's quite a few pants sizes larger. He doesn't talk like the aristocracy. He's a cockney. But none of these seem to be any barrier for his supporters to a legal claim 
to the Tichborne estate, which is considerable. So the establishment appalled at this man's working-class cheek, while, while ordinary people of Britain flocked to his side in droves, packing the courtroom, funding his legal case, and claiming it's only the gentry and the press and the, press and the papists who are stopping him from assuming his rightful place. Now, if that sounds vaguely familiar, yes, Trump, <laughs> you can almost, as a reader, hear the delight in Sadie Smith's voice as she discovered this little Victorian parable. It's a historic parallel with the former US president and the Republican Party's frontrunner to run against Joe Biden. Smith describes the claimant as someone with no centre, a fun-loving, bear-swilling, aristocratic man of the people. And both of them are locked in a high-stakes game, Donald Trump and the claimant, facing jail if their cases go against them, no matter what the general population might think of them. The claimant's lawyer is this hubris-laden Irishman who definitely shares some of the characteristics with Rudy Giuliani, Trump's legal advisor. So it's... It's it's great. It's got so many um, lines tracing back mm. to the present day uh, and a, a re-examination of the past. And uh, it's it, it's it's a really good book, Excellent. I think. Thank yeah. you. Phil Vines reviewed The Fraud by Zadie Smith. That's Penguin Random House and costs $37.